I'm Jolie, your branding badass, and welcome to my new podcast, Branding Matters. Today I'm sitting down with Shirley Weir, the founder of a hugely popular online community with more than 27,000 members and counting. The name of this community is called Menopause Chicks. And Shirley's mission for Menopause Chicks is to empower women by helping us navigate midlife with the right health information. Shirley speaks regularly at popular events all over, and in 2018, her first book called Mokita reached number one on Amazon in women's health. I invited Shirley to be a guest on my show because I want to talk about her Menopause Chicks brand and learn about the challenges she faced in her quest to shift people's mindset on this exact subject. As well, I wanted to learn why our cultural attitude toward menopause is still so shrouded in stigma and silence. Shirley, welcome to Branding Matters. Thanks. It's great re- to be here. Oh, well, it's really great to have you here. This is a little bit of a different conversation. My mission for this podcast has always been to make it different than anything else that's out there. Before we get into it, I wanted to share with our listeners how you and I connected. I'm very open about my age. I'm 54 years old. And I think it was about maybe a year ago, maybe two years ago, I was struggling with some personal health issues, let's just say, and I wasn't really sure what was going on. And so I went to go see my doctor and my doctor told me in no uncertain terms that I was menopausal. And I was horrified because, you know, that word is a taboo word in today's society. And we talked a little bit, but I went home and I thought, okay, well, I've always been one to take my health into my old hands. And for every problem, there's a solution, so to speak. So I started doing some research online and Googling and literally just Googled menopause and you popped up and love the name Menopause Chicks and found this incredible Facebook group that you had at the time, I think it had 20,000 members. And I found your branding was so amazing and it stood out and it really spoke to me and probably to a lot of people. And it was a subject that I felt nobody wanted to talk about. And I didn't know why, because I don't know why I felt all this shame when I shouldn't. And so I thought, you know, screw this. And I reached out to you. I don't know if you remember. And we had a conversation. Then I started posting about it on my social media because I thought, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Like, why is everybody so afraid? I would suspect that trying to brand a topic that is taboo, but so important, especially as our generation is getting older and we should not be ashamed of it. And I think we should talk about it freely. So that's why I want to bring you on today because I want you to talk about the challenge that you must have trying to promote and to brand this really, really important topic. I first want to talk about the name Menopause Chicks because I love it. Where did you come up with the name Menopause Chicks? Oh my goodness. You just like hit so many nails on the head <laughs> with your own personal story. The name Menopause Chicks came to me in the shower one day, to be honest. I remember being inspired by a group of women called the Smart Cookies. They were actually an investment club. And I was like, smart cookie, menopause check. I don't know how I came up with it. But what worked for me was twofold. Originally, I didn't want the name menopause in the brand. And that's because the word menopause has a lot of negative energy attached to it, a lot of fear for women, a lot of confusion, conflicting information. And intuitively, as a woman, 
that didn't work for me. But as you said in your intro, it works for Google. So I knew that I needed to have menopause in the name because that's what women are Googling. I wanted something that would allow women to reclaim this phase of life. So a lot of my friends were putting up their hand in my face and saying, whoa, 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 Shirley, don't talk to me about menopause. I'm not there yet. Or many of them would say, you're not 50 yet. You know, I was 46 at the time when I started it. And they were like, what are you doing talking about menopause? You're not there yet. And I was like, oh my goodness, we need a word that we can own and we can reclaim. And I chose chick because the definition for me of a menopause chick is someone who is smart, savvy, and likes to be proactive with her own health. And so that is what I use as the criteria for being a concierge for menopause chicks. You don't need to know anything. You just need to own your wisdom and that any problem in life, you know how to figure it out if you can be led towards quality information and the right support. I love it. It's such a great name and it's catchy and it's short and it's awesome. Okay. So you launched onto the world stage in 2013. Is that correct? That's correct. So what was your biggest challenge back then when it came to your branding? Like when you decided you were going to do this, well, I guess maybe we should back up and say, what motivated you even start Metapause Chicks? Well, it was really born out of my own experience. So I had a marketing career for 30 years. And uh, in my early to mid 40s, I was uh, starting to know changes myself. I was starting to talk to my health team about what I was going through. And I wasn't really all that pleased with what I was learning personally, as well as what I was finding out online. It was confusing. It was conflicting. And I don't know about you, but it was also very overwhelming because what these changes overlapped was a very hectic, busy business, a very hectic, busy family with two small children, an aging mother who was showing signs of dementia. I mean, if you could line up all the cards that I was trying to keep afloat, it was overwhelming in itself. And then for me not to be feeling my optimal best. And when I went online, because I thought that's where smart, savvy women go. Exactly. I was met with too many pop-up ads for how to lose my belly fat and too many programs that were $9.99. And so there was a glaring gap there still is a glaring gap in women's health information, but I set out to close it. To your question, what was the most challenging thing? Well, the the most challenging thing was that I didn't know what I didn't know. I thought that I was going to crack open the conversation and that's still the tagline for menopause chicks. I thought that if I just found a way to build a community, host events, to get women talking about this important subject, that that would be my gift to the world. And what I quickly found out is that it's not enough to crack open the conversation. We actually have to change the conversation. We have to unlearn the generational myths that we've inherited, some of the media innuendo and misinformation that we've gotten from magazines and television shows over the years or not. I mean, try to find, there's like a handful of TV episodes who have actually addressed 
this subject matter, because as you said, it's not well talked about. And what I found is that when it was talked about, it was often under the umbrella of comedy. And so I really don't go too far down the comedy stream, because I think we need to keep this conversation first and foremost, back at that educational level, the same way we would when we're teaching our kids for the first time about their sexual health. That's what women need right now is access to quality content. Oh, I totally agree. You know, I wonder if when you talk about comedy, I wonder if the reason for that is because a lot of times I think when people are uncomfortable to talk about something, they do make fun of it. So maybe humor is a way to sort of make people feel more at ease. Why do you think people are so uncomfortable with it? And what do you think it would take to bring it to the same forefront in the same way that you would something like, for example, cancer? Okay, that's an amazing question. And I have so many (laughs) different ways to answer it. First of all, look at where research dollars go into women's health, and you'll see a very small sliver of the overall pie. So that's one glaring gap that our society needs to address. Women's health has not been on the front burner when it comes to research. Secondly, CIBC in Canada owns breast cancer. Who really owns menopause? At Menopause Chicks, we want women to own it. We want to empower women. I'm a women's health advocate. I want every individual woman to be her own best health care advocate and to know how to navigate not only the phase of life, but any challenge that comes her way, the medical system, et cetera, et cetera. So those are a couple of points that I would have to say to that. Why doesn't anyone want to talk about it? It's fear-based. Our society for decades has instilled fear around aging. So we're seeing some changes, but we still have a long way to go. Let's be honest. You and I, we are the first generation of women to turn 50 and have 50 more years to plan for. Let that soak in because I think there's a lot of misconceptions around menopause is just a natural part of life. And I ask, is it? Because 100 years ago, women only lived to be 50. If you made it to 58, you were a very old woman. So menopause was a non-event only a century ago. And now we expect to live to be 100. In fact, science can easily keep us alive to 100. So we have four to five more decades of life. And so my mantra soapbox to anyone listening right now is this midlife opportunity that we're talking about right now is a chance to invest in the next four to five decades. As we age, as women and as men, there's a lot of things that may or may not happen to us. We may or may not get Alzheimer's. Hopefully we don't. We may or may not get cancer. Hopefully we don't. We may not get, you know, dementia or a million other things, arthritis and, you know, lists is on and on. But every single solitary female on the planet is going to eventually reach menopause. I'm of the mindset of I want to embrace it. It's a part of life. It's like taxes. You can't avoid it. So why try to fight it? Well, and the key thing that you just said there is that we do want to embrace menopause, but Alzheimer's and arthritis and cancer, those are diseases. Menopause is not a disease. It's not a health condition. Right. It's a phase of life. And in fact, it's a dot on the reproductive calendar of a woman's life. Let's dive in more into the branding aspect of it. You've decided you want to to be the voice and you want to share this with everyone and you want to change the conversation. 
I would suspect it's sort of a delicate situation. And so I'm curious to know how you went about it because your branding is great. Your Facebook page, you have over 27,000 members. You don't just get that. <laughs> you know, there, there's a lot that goes into that. So can you share that? I don't know. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that the key to the Menopause Chicks brand growing or enjoying the awareness that it does has been something that you and I have spoken about before, and that is word of mouth. Branding to me is what what people say about you when you're not in the room. And I have never taken out a Facebook ad to get women to join my community. It has grown organically. It's grown because other members have had a positive experience. They've had their questions answered, or maybe they've felt seen or heard or understood. And then they go and tell their friends. I think the other piece Sorry. of that we may have mentioned that has worked in our favor from a branding perspective is that I chose a very uncrowded space to work in. There are not a lot of people doing what I do. I know. In That's interesting though, because I've seen a couple of women on Instagram who've promoted themselves yeah. as experts. And then I also know locally in Calgary, a couple as well. You just stand out when you Google, there's lots of names that come up, but I found that your brand was so powerful and your messaging was so powerful that I was instantly attracted to And because this is all about branding and about sharing, how do you promote a brand and especially a topic that nobody wants to talk about? How do you brand something that no one even wants to talk about? And yet you do it so well. I read, I think you have over 2 million visits to your website. That's pretty impressive. And I agree with you. I mean, word of mouth is huge. The best advertising is advocates, right? Is people who talk about you and you're on social media, correct? Yeah. So with Instagram, I want to create a space where my followers can have micro learning moments. So that's what I do. It's like you're doom scrolling. You're not really sure what you're looking for. And if there's any moment in time where I can give someone a tidbit or a slice of information that they either didn't know before, or, or maybe they wanted, I want them to do this actually, to think about something different. Facebook groups, quite a different story. I've spoken to many brands, like big corporate brands, and they often will say, how do you get so much engagement? We have a Facebook group and we can't get anyone to participate. And the thing I think that is our magic sauce at Menopause Chicks is that the Facebook group engagement, people don't want to talk to a corp. And people or women who are navigating this phase of life, they want to talk to somebody who is their peer. I have a certificate in peer counseling from UBC. I try to draw on those skills whenever I can, even though it's just typing through a screen. But those women feel less alone and they feel validated in their experiences. And once you can break down those two layers, then you can get in and help them problem solve or help them find what the information or the health professional that they're looking for. It's a personal experience, even though it's all on social media. I've had a lot of conversations with many experts from all different industries about branding. And the one commonality, and you've just touched on it yourself, is about creating value. So you're going on social media and you're not selling, you're adding value. You know, they say if you either should entertain, educate, or inspire people. That is 
phenomenal that you're on there and you're educating people and you're engaging with them and you're just giving them enough to want more. It's amazing. And I can see why that's working. And then as far as in your Facebook group goes, same thing. I'm part of it. And you know what? It's funny. I have a lot of people that I've sent to your Facebook group for that exact reason. And well, I mean, thank you. In the digital world, in the digital space, how do you engage people digitally? And you do it in such a great way because I believe you're so authentic. You're very kind. Thank you. I I agree. So I I don't agree that I'm very (laughs) kind. I mean, I I honestly believe that. From a branding perspective, because that's the lens I'm looking at, usually people connect with people that they can relate and identify with. And so I would suspect as someone trying to reach an audience, what is it that you do to attract all the different personalities and all the, you know, from one end of the spectrum to the other? The content that we produce is going to be on a spectrum. Brene Brown has a quote, in order to be curious about something, we have to know a little bit about it. And I was like, oh, right. So if you don't know anything about the changes that are going to be happening to your body, no one has talked to you about perimenopause or menopause, it's going to be really hard to jump into a conversation about it. And the aha for me in managing this community was, oh, I have this many women who are coming, consuming content And they don't ever click a like button or post a comment or anything. And they are still having an experience somewhere along their learning spectrum. I can't exactly say where they're, you know, if they're at the expert level yet or, or if they're still at the beginner, but they are somewhere on their learning journey. And that's a success. That's a win, hopefully for them. I want to talk about your book called Mokita. Can you share what Mokita stands for? Because I love this. Yeah, you already said it. Mokita means elephant in the room. And it's a word that found me. It actually comes from Papua New Guinea. The Kavila tribe in Papua New Guinea's definition of Mokita is something that we know exists but we don't talk about it. And often it's a subject that gets swept under the carpet is another way of talking about, you know, elephant in the room, swept under the carpet. But the interesting thing about the Kavila tribe that I just absolutely loved, and that's why I had to use it as the title of my book, is that they measure the health of their tribe based on how many mokitas they have. Can you elaborate on that? So let's bring it to you and I. You and I were in a, a relationship, which we are. We never talked about money. And we never talked about sex, never talked about communication, and we never talked about menopause. Those would be mokitas. And we wouldn't have a very healthy relationship if we never talked about those things. And so my positioning with Mokita is that in order to have a healthier society, it's better if we bring these conversations out into the open. I mean, that's why we're here today. Exactly. (laughs) I love that. What inspired you to write this book? Two things. I was inspired to share my own story. Because I think that women like to learn through hearing about other women's stories. I was inspired by my sister, who's 10 years older than I am, and she reached menopause at age 36. Oh, wow. Is Is that young? That's very young. Average age of menopause is 51.2. But my sister had cancer as a child, and we believe that the radiation killed uh, a lot of her egg follicles. What was really fascinating about my sister's story, even though I was only in my 20s, when she was going through this is that she taught me what it means to be your own best health advocate. So she got information from her doctor that didn't sit well with her. And so 
she got curious and she went to the next doctor and then she went to the workshop and then she went to the seminar and she got as much information as she could, checked it out with as many quality resources as she could. And then she chose the journey that was right for her. And she, I'm happy to say, is a healthy 64-year-old today. So I wanted that to sort of be, it's the first chapter in the book. And then I go on to clarify a lot of the things that you and I are talking about today, the definitions, the myths and misconceptions. The second half of the book, the objective was to teach women how to be their own best health advocate and how to build their health team. Because as you know, we have a lot of choices, but not all of us have the time, the money or the resources to shop around. It kind of hopefully shortens the distance for women in terms of accessing the care and support that they need. It's a great book. I got it. Well, I mean, again, I, as soon as I found you and found your Facebook group, I went out and bought the book and referred it to a bunch of people. And I, what I love about it is I do love the way you start off and you do tell your story. And then as you mentioned, you know, you're kind of like, hey, don't take my word for it. Here's an expert and you bring all these experts in to share their experience and their knowledge and their advice. So I almost use it as a resource book now, you know, like it's a great book and it reached number one on Amazon, right? That's fantastic. Well, Shirley, thank you so much for all that you're doing and continue to do. And I'm so excited to watch you and learn from you, um, especially as you take on all these challenges, because I have no doubt you're going to make these changes. If people want to learn more about you and about menopause chicks, what's the best way for them to reach you? Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, This has been amazing. I could talk about branding all day, actually. (laughs) Um, I'm at menopause. Well, menopause chicks community can find us on Facebook. It's also at menopausechickscommunity.com. And at menopause chicks is our handle all over social media. And are you on all the social media platforms? Where are you? Where can we find you? I am predominantly on Facebook and Instagram, but I'm also on Twitter and you can find Shirley Weir on LinkedIn. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate it. We've actually never met in person. It's funny. We've we've talked and texted and everything else, but we've never met in person. So next time I'm out in Vancouver when we can fly again, I look forward to meeting you in person. That would be amazing. Yeah, that would be so awesome. All right. Well, thank you again, Shirley, and thank we'll talk you. to you soon. Bye. And there you have it. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and maybe even learned a few things that will help you with your branding. And most of all, I really hope you had some fun. This podcast is a work in progress, so please make sure to rate and review it on whatever platform you listen to, and please subscribe to Branding Matters. And if you want to learn more about the branding badass, that's me, you can find me on all social media platforms under, you guessed it, branding badass. Thanks again, everyone. And until next time, here's to all you badasses out there.